The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. With touchdown or turnover, back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates, and better service. Let's go NFL playoffs, Ben. I mean, it's one of the best weekends of the year. Yeah. Super Bowl is awesome every single year. The the events, the Super Bowl parties that go on all over the world. But wild card, man. Wild card weekend is one of the best, man. You get football Saturday, Sunday, and it is intense. Every play matters. Every play is the difference between possibly advancing, getting an extra bonus on your money, going to the playoffs, making a Super Bowl run. I love NFL playoff wild card weekend, and we got some great matchups. Man, you, you don't sound excited. I am excited. You should be excited. I'm excited, but I know my team's going to lose, so that somewhat dampens the excitement. I mean, T- I think T.J. Watt is the is – the, Man, he 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 is the um, the guy that can turn this thing upside down, man. He certainly could. That, that that Steelers defense can turn things upside down. You watched the Super Bowl last year, and the Bucks defense got after Patrick Mahomes. And if I am Mike Tomlin, that's the blueprint right there, man. That is the blueprint. Um, the Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. You have the Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. On Saturday. Sunday, you got three games. You got the Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 49ers at the Cowboys. Steelers at the Chiefs. And then Monday. Monday. You get Monday night football in the playoffs? When they start doing that? This year when they added two teams to the playoffs? Man. That stinks for those two teams. They got to play on a Monday. Monday. Great for us. Great for us. Thanks for them. Cardinals, Rams. Touchdown or turnover. The best matchup of the weekend. The best matchup of the weekend is the Cardinals at the Rams. Touchdown or turnover. I'll go through these games again for you. Raiders at the Bengals. Pats at the Bills. Eagles at the Bucks. Niners at the Cowboys. Steelers at the Chiefs. Cardinals at Rams. Do you see the Cardinals at Rams being the best matchup first week of the NFL playoffs, Wild Card Weekend? Touchdown. Touchdown. Because I think they are the two most evenly matched teams playing one another. And and both of them, I, I think, are really good football teams. And it would make sense if the Cardinals got to the NFC Championship game. It would make sense if the Rams got to the NFC Championship game. Uh, I don't know that I believe the Cardinals will. They, they've kind of been in a, a funk of late, the Rams as as well. But it would make sense if either got to the NFC playoff or the NFC championship game. So I, I think that matchup features uh, two evenly matched teams, and both are, are really good teams. So, yes, I, I do think that that is the most intriguing. That's the one that I am uh, 
most excited about outside of the Steelers game. 49ers-Cowboys is really intriguing. I I can't wait to watch Jawan play in the playoffs. And seems like uh, Jimmy G may have figured out how to manage the thumb injury. They shot him up at halftime of this past weekend's game against the Rams and led him to a 17-point comeback win. So maybe he doesn't wait until halftime to get shot up in his thumb with whatever medicine that that they used. Uh, and, and the Cowboys are, are the Cowboys. You never know what they're going to do in, in the playoffs. And, and that offense has kind of looked funky at times this year as well. I'm interested to see if Jalen Hurts can do anything. That Bucks team is is really banged up. The Bucks are, are way better than the Eagles, but again, the Bucks are banged up. So can can Jalen Hurts make anything happen? I'd I'd be stunned if the Steelers are competitive, to be quite honest. I just don't think that they have the offense. Uh Patriots Bills, I think that'd be the second most intriguing game for me. Rivalry game. Somewhat evenly matched. I'd say pretty evenly matched. And then Raiders Bengals should be fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cincinnati will be going crazy. Hopefully, the Raiders can pull off the upset there. But uh, <laughs> Go Raiders. Yeah, go go Raiders. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm a big Raiders guy now after they kicked that field goal on uh, Sunday Night Football and not a, <laughs> to not allow the game to be tied. No, so, I know that's uh, right. But, yes, I, I agree. I think the Cardinals-Rams is the most intriguing. Man, that, that Niner-Cowboy game – Man, there's going to be some paint swapping in yes. that one. Absolutely. With the physicality of the 49ers, uh, Dak Prescott, you know, breaking a franchise record against the Eagles, throwing for five touchdowns. Uh, looks like, you know, he is kind of finding his groove. You saw Cedric Wilson, you know, get off, had a couple touchdowns. Uh, Michael Gallup tore his ACL earlier in, earlier in the year. And so uh, that has hurt uh, Dak you know, earlier, but. Man, Wilson has stepped up as is you know one of the options there for for Dak. Uh, you still got Amari Cooper who you know is trying to figure out why he's not getting more balls his way. Ezekiel Elliott is a home run waiting to happen at, at any moment. Does a great job running in, in between the tackles, and then he had speed taking the distance. Um, and then you look at the Cowboys defensively with Michael Parsons. Um, you know, in the conversation with Defense Player of the Year, he's knocked. He's already sold up rookie. You know, defense player of the year. That's no, that's no question there. Uh, then you got Diggs on the back end that plays the ball like a wide receiver. So like the Cowboys got a lot of talent, but you just don't know what you're gonna what you're gonna get with those guys. But it is at home. The 49ers, man, they they play football the way that we're used to football being played. They will punch you in your mouth. I love watching Debo Samuel play the game. I love watching Jawan Jennings play the game. They got some tough knows dudes on that squad and they play they play some football the eagles at the bucks this is tom brady man it don't matter if antonio brown wants to strip down halfway neck and do jump jacks and lead the team it don't matter this this tom brady man he has won the super bowl with 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 lesser pass catchers but um godwin being out with the acl is the, the biggest blow for him but you still got grunt who is back who got his money after catching, you know, his seventh, you know, seventh catch in the game, got a million dollar bonus there. But like Tom Brady is is thrown for a crazy amount of yards for another season. Um, you know, some argue he should be the MVP. But you got Tom Brady, man. Defensively, the the Bucks, they're gonna have to step up. 
they got, they will have to step up. Um, how healthy will Leonard Fournette be? Because uh, he's a valuable pass catcher out of the backfield. But man, but they have Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Le'Veon had a little touchdown last week. Good for him. Uh, but that that Pat's Bills game, man. a little touchdown is a great way to describe it. <laughs> that Pat's Bills game, they both beat each other once. Um, during the regular season, do the in division matchups, like kind of in division rematches, do, does that spoil any of uh, the hype for the game for you? No, like, it adds to it. Yeah, me too, because you know that, like the Rams, Cardinals, they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. The the Patriots, Bills, they don't like each other. There, there's some talk about maybe the the playoffs not being as attractive, or a couple of games not being as attractive because. We've already seen some of these games. And, like, I get it with the Chiefs-Steelers. But, like, with Bills-Patriots and, and Rams-Cardinals, I'm with you. Like, I think the the fact that they're divisional opponents and, and rivals adds to it. Yeah. I mean, the the Bills at one point were a Super Bowl contender. Like, people felt like they were going to take the next step from last year to this year and get to the show. And we know the Buffalo Bills fans are some of the best in the – in sports in general, and want to see those guys get there. But then they had a slump and started playing bad. But then they finished the season strong and won, won the division over a win uh, over, the, over the Pats. There was a time also when the Pats was thought of to be the best team in the AFC, uh, and Mac Jones was the runaway offensive rookie of the year. But that has changed because <laughs> now Jamar Chase, in my opinion, should be the offensive rookie of the year. You throw in, um, you know, Jalen Waddle down there at Miami, He's over there breaking rookie receiving records too. So, Matt Jones at one point was like the runaway rookie of the year. That's not the case anymore. And the Patriots, at one point, we talked about being the, the best in the AFC. That's, 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 that's up in the air. The Raiders came out of nowhere. Look where they are getting a playoff uh, berth 10 and 7. And then the Bengals, you know, taking over the AFC North this year. Uh, so, that's, I mean, like, like, like that's. That's an awesome matchup, fun. Um, but you mentioned the Rams and the Cardinals. They, the Rams beat them this year. Um, can Matthew Stafford not lose the game by throwing a pick six or throwing multiple picks? Because that's really the only way Rams lose. The Rams did all this work to get over the hump by shipping Jared Goff out, getting in Matthew Stafford. And if Matthew Stafford basically plays like Jared Goff, it's going to be a weird offseason there in L.A. with the Rams. But, man, I'm going to touch down, too, man. I, I like the Cardinals-Rams matchup. Um, there, there's going to be some points. There's going to be some great pass rushing on both sides with Chandler Jones and then with uh, Von Miller and, and Aaron Donald. Like, you're going to get – you know you're going to get a fight on the outside with, with Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I I love that matchup on Monday. All right, let's get to the, the, the text box. We haven't got a chance to get to the text box because we had a guy Stokes on. Uh, Volfan68 says, why would the NFL schedule a night in Buffalo for a January playoff game? Weather will be brutal. I mean. It's this time of year when the playoffs are played. I mean, hey. It just is what it is. <laughs> Every, everywhere is going to be cold. At, at this at this point of the year, if you're an outdoor team, so, but I especially up north, it's going to be colder eight eight fifteen. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, that I guess I sure. can see the 
why is it a night game? But I don't think the NFL is like, hey, let's schedule this game earlier because we don't want it to be too cold for the two teams. No, they, like, it's, that's part of football. Yeah, and, and the NFL is making decisions based off of what they think is going to rate the best TV-wise. It's why the Steelers are in the Sunday night football time slot. The, the Steelers are the the team that nobody wants to watch play this weekend other than Steelers fans. The only people that want to watch the Steelers this weekend are, are Steelers fans. Nobody wants to watch that game, and it'll probably be a blowout, but they're still going to get good ratings because the, the Steelers fan base is ginormous, and that's why they are in the Sunday night football slot. And Patriots-Bills is a huge division matchup. And the, the Patriots have a, a big following. The, the Bills have a, a big, loyal following. And it's going to rate well. So that's why I got that time slot. Like, Raiders-Bengals is a – could be a better game. I think will be a more exciting game than Bills-Patriots because of the big play potential of the, the two teams. But – more people care about Patriots Bills than Raiders Bengals, and and that's why the the Raiders Bengals is at four o'clock on a Saturday, and Patriots Bills is at nighttime. Yep, yep. Vol fans says I really think the outside noise has gotten to our shooters more than fear of Barnes. I even saw a parent comment on Twitter about how appreciative they are that the Tennessee basketball Twitter account keeps it light because of some of the bad comments uh, that. The players get on Twitter. It doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, what sport it is. Seeing players, parents having to deal with the 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 negativity and the criticism, man, it always makes me cringe. And it's a part of being on social media. Don't like I'm not sitting here saying that 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 people you know, can't criticize and critique. The players that they see play on the court, on the field, there is a line. There is certain level of respect you you want to make sure you have. But it's always a tough, tough situation when you see and when you see parents on there um, commenting and defending their their kids. And um, you just, I mean, I would I would want to do the same thing. Um, and I know it goes on in every other school. It's just, it just stinks. It's part of it, though. I, I don't think that is the reason Tennessee's players are, are struggling, but it is a contributing factor. I absolutely believe that because they they get on and they, they Twitter search their name. All all young people do. All young people do. They they want to know what people are saying about them. It's It's part of growing up and – I mean, heck, John Morant beats the the Warriors last night, and uh, he he's on Twitter. I mean, five minutes after the game, tweeting and retweeting and quote tweeting and like it, it was all good, positive vibes. But he he does that after every single game, like win or lose. He is he is on social media. He listens too, because and he listens. He mentioned he mentioned in the press conference that a fan courtside when he came back had. Had said something to him in the press conference. I was like, "John, why are you even mentioning that?" Yeah, he, he, he listens. He, he listens to it all. He does. He, I mean, and he he uses it for for motivation. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, my point in bringing up Ja is that like all of them do that. All of them do that. All of them 
after the basketball game last night, go back and and see what people are saying about them on social media. They yep. they do. I mean, it's it's a part of it, and they 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 read the comments. They 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 see things. I guarantee you, Justin Powell sees comments. Brandon Huntley Hatfield, Victor Bailey Jr. I guarantee you, Josiah sees sees the comments. Folky, and like there's. It's one thing to to have discussions about the basketball team and and go about it the right way, but some of y'all are just miserable people who are just mean. That's true. That I think that's true too. But if you like, if you on Twitter and you say, "Hey man, it's time for Joe Side to stop shooting," I think that's pretty fair. Uh, if you say, "Hey man, it's time for Folky to to buck up," I think that's fair. And if they go and see that and that bothers them, I think that's a them problem. I think this is where it's time for you to block out outside noise. I put myself in those player shoes and say, hey, man, if, if 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 I had social media back in the day and I drop a pass and I get on Twitter and someone's like, man, so I ain't need to catch a pass, man. He just cost a first down. Like I can't get in my feelings about that. Cause it's true. Vol fan three six two eight say the same thing that my position coach said. Like the exact same thing. So I can't get mad at this fan account when my my position coach and my coaches are literally saying the exact same thing. That is the other side of being on social media. That's the other side of it. It's how you handle it. It's how you you shouldn't be searching your name anyways if you know you're playing bad. What you think you're gonna see? <laughs> what you think? What do you think you're gonna see? You're setting yourself up. You're choosing violence. You're choosing to be unhappy if you're Twitter searching your name and you are playing bad and your team is not playing well. It's like you're choosing. I'm, I'm with you, but yeah. it, it, it's today's society. All these kids know is social media. Like I, I, like my kind of age group is the the last wave of of folks who who kind of had both worlds of okay when you were really young. You, you didn't have any social media, but then you also grew up when when social media started to boom. Like, I, I didn't have social media until I was a freshman in high school. But now everybody has social media when they get to, to middle school, if not sooner. So, yeah, I like, this, th- these kids don't know any other way. No, I know. Most kids, not in this house. But, yeah, you, you're right. You're right. You're right. And they let they let it get to them. Uh, way more than they should, mm-hmm. and um, this is why both ways. Yeah, this is this is why I think there's a right time to be, get on social media, and there's a, a time not to get on there. And you go look at some of the studies as far as depression with with with, with the young folks, and you know there's some ties in there to social media, and you throw in COVID and all that stuff too. But like you. Social media ain't for everybody, and you better understand what it can do to you before you get on there. Like, don't you better not get on social media for validation from people that you don't know. Like, it, there's a lot of positive stories from social media. Don't get me wrong, you know, positive things going viral, people connecting through social media. Don't get me wrong, man. Vault Twitter has had some positive things, but also. If you seek validation from Twitter, from social media, you 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 know you want to f- 
you you looking for somebody to make you feel better about yourself? Man, I, I don't know if that's the place. No, it it's not. What 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 bugs me the most about this social media conversation and players paying attention to it and whatnot is and I put more of the blame on on us as fans mm-hmm. than the players and that's because a lot a lot of people just want retweets and likes and are willing to do anything on social media for clout that there are so many clout chasers on social media and they're willing to say anything about anybody to get that clout and throw their own under the bus to get social media clout and that that's what bugs me it's it's the unnecessary shots that that are just uncalled for and the over the top ones that that I don't like I got I I got something that we did have not mentioned but there's a difference Ben and we'll go to the phones after after, after I make this point and you can um retort but there's a difference between the Swain event tweeting a thought about the basketball team or the football team positively or negatively just a just a tweet I'm pleased what I saw I'm not pleased what I saw this player didn't make a play this player didn't make a play like it's a difference between me just tweeting that out as an original tweet and me replying to the basketball account or to the football account. Like when the final score comes up, oh, we, you know, we missed this one and we lose. There's a difference between dropping your negativity on the basketball account or football account versus you tweeting it yourself. I just don't understand why folks want to go to the official account to drop all that stuff because it helps literally nobody when it's over the top negative it does nothing why can't you just tweet that on your personal account why does it have to be a reply to the official account because that's where all the parents are that's where all the recruits are they're looking at those official accounts but those parents and those regular those recruits they're not necessarily following each fan, but they see those comments because they're looking at the replies. Keep your stuff on your account. You don't have to drop all that crud on the official account is what I'm saying. I think that would help a whole lot. All right, let's go uh, to the phones. Let's get to uh, Fox Vol. Fox Vol, good morning. Good morning, my friend. What's going on? What's up, man? Good to hear from you. Yeah, man. I don't get to call back in. I'm trying to stay warm. <laughs> I, I get it, man. I get it. Better bundle up. Like, Ben, oh, Ben's yeah. bundled up. Man, I got so many layers on right now. I'm like a kid off of uh, A Christmas Story. Hey, that's the best way I to move, do it. Move the wrong way, fall over, kick it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was calling in to uh, kind of give my opinion on, on the team. And, and I kind of – I was listening to what you guys have been saying about um, – uh, hold on a second. I listen to what you guys have been saying about uh, the uh, watching the attitude of the team and how they play and the flow and everything. I don't. I'm not saying that there's a culture problem. I, I think that would kind of be silly given 
you know, the history of that program and what Rick Barnes and his, his assistants have brought, but you do see the stiffness, you know, you do see the, the hesitancy and, and just the kind of a demeanor issue. And what I did was after I watched the game last night, I went on to, uh, to Disney plus and I watched one of my favorite all time movies. And it was glory road. Oh, man. I love that movie, dude. And there was a part in that movie that really kind of struck me about what, what I'm seeing in the team and what kind of what you guys have been dropping hints about and saying, and defensively they're, they're phenomenal, but, this coach, Don Haskins, he brought in all of these players, you know, these black players that were from a different culture. They didn't play the game the exact same way that he did. And Bobby Joe Hill, they come in, I think it was halftime, and I believe they were playing Iowa State. And he comes in, and he's just kind of not saying anything, looking away, and the coach is like, just say it. He's like, we can't beat them playing the game your way. Let us play our game. We're not trying to, you know, buck the rules or anything. Essentially, is what he's saying. We're, we have a style of play. We we need to be free, you know. And he was like, he was able to evolve even in the middle of that game. He's like, all right, you you play your game, but you play it my way. And after that moment, they took off. What did they like lose one game all season? I think it was. You know, and I know it's it's a dramatic movie and everything, but it does give credence to to kind of what you're talking about. You know, you you allow these players to, like a Justin Powell, Ben, you, you pointed out earlier, you watch him on a different team and he's completely different. He comes here and you notice a difference there. I mean, I feel like there's a way to, to meet in the middle where you don't give players, like, complete control, but yet you, you just take them off their leash. You know, you recruited them because of their unique talent and personality and abilities. But when they get there, you kind of, you got to allow them to display that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I, what I'm talking about a minor tweak and I, like, I, I love, I love your points. Um, I don't want to, and I know you're not doing this, but I don't want to make it seem like that we are smarter than Rick Barnes and Rick Barnes is, you know, does know what he's doing. We're we're just seeing some tightness. We're just seeing some um, some guys play uh, reluctantly. We see players pass up opportunities to to be themselves, while you're seeing other teams not do that. And so it's natural for us to go, well, we we need to we need to have some minor tweaks on our own. We need to change it up just a, a little bit here. Um, no one's trying to claim that we're smarter than Rick Barnes, or you know, Rick's not—he's uh, forgotten more basketball than 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 what we know. But it's hard not to see what you are saying, Fox Falls. So I think what a lot of people are seeing—it's what former Tennessee basketball players are seeing too. Like they—they they see it. They yeah, see, they I see agree. what we see too. So like we're talking about the difference between being really good, which Tennessee is, and Rick Barnes is, to taking the next step and getting over the hump. And I, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree too, man. I mean, Barnes obviously is a phenomenal coach. Look at what the program was before he came here. For sure. And, yeah, I know Bruce Pearl was a great coach too. He's doing great at Auburn. But, I mean, Rick Barnes is, is not like some bum they picked up off of the street. 
he's an awesome coach. Um, it's just, you know, you see exactly what you're saying. It's hard not to draw parallels. I would not in a million years <laughs> sit here and suggest that I'm some basketball guru or I know more than a Hall of Fame head coach. Not at all. And I know, you know, you see that. But, man, it's when you see Josiah Jordan James, like, go and pull Barnes away from yelling at a player, too, I mean, it, it, there's some things there that, like you said, you know, just a little bit. Like, I feel like they're close, just just a little bit. You know, just allow them to be free. So I'm going to hang up and listen, guys. Uh, love the show. Love you guys. Talk to you all later, man. Hey, thank you, man. And thank like, Rick can get away with, with coaching T.J. Ford hard and, you know, some of these players that have praised Rick for the for the way that they coached them in the past like it, it, that was a different time, a, a, a different mentality of, of player, different type of of young man. Not, not everybody like Josiah, man. Josiah built, you know, he, he built different. You know, he's, he's super mature. He can handle it, um, but not everyone can. My point, yeah, right. And, and like Grant Williams has an old schoolish mm-hmm. mentality. Lamonte, mm-hmm. old school mentality. Uh, Admiral, old school mentality. And like the the hard, I, I don't like it, but like today's society, like <laughs> kids are different nowadays. They they are, they're they're they're. I'm not gonna say they're soft or anything like that. I'm not I'm not going to old man get off my lawn, get off my porch type of deal this morning uh, because I I don't believe in in that. Every generation thinks their generation is is the best, but there there is a different mentality in in the the social media boom. I, I guess you could say like it, it, there just is. Now, what what I would say to that though is that like I've heard Justin Powell talk numerous times about how he wants to be coached hard. Yeah, he appreciates it. He 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 likes it, and he says that he came to Tennessee. Because he didn't want to go somewhere where he was just automatically promised 20, 30 minutes and can do whatever he wanted. He wanted to come and go somewhere where he could earn it. Mm-hmm. I, I he's, He said that numerous times and mm-hmm. has seemed genuine every time he's discussed it. Zakai Ziegler has talked numerous times about he loves the hard coaching. Uh, Josiah said last night that he loves the hard coaching. Uh, Olivier, they've they've all talked about how they appreciate Rick's hard coaching. So I I think it's also important to to recognize that as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but kid, like it's not just a Rick Barnes thing. Like Josh Heupel has to to navigate the, these waters. Tony Vitello, Kelly Harper, every every coach, college, professionally, uh, middle school basketball coaches, middle school different. football coaches. I mean, kid. It, social media has has changed the the way that young people think. Yeah, it's di- it's different. Coaching it it is different. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Big Willie style. Yeah, we did cover that man. He said he missed our one. He said the the real the real problem is free throws. Yeah, forty four percent of the team is leaving a lot of points on on the floor. Um, I mean, last night. You think if you think if they 50, go twenty of 50%. twenty of twenty five? No, last night. Excuse me, we were forty four percent. You're right. 
if, if they go 20 of 25 last night instead of 11 of 25, do you think you feel differently? 20 of 25? Yeah. You yeah. Think you, what's that? 80, that's, what's that, 80%? Yeah. Yeah, that's 80%. I, hell, hell yeah, I feel different. That's, that's great as a team. Well, I, I, no, no, no. I'm talking about the offensive performance as a whole, just not the free throws. Like, oh. Because it kind of feels like it's – because, I mean, they shot 44% from the field, which you take – they they were better from the three point line. What were they seven or twenty one for like thirty three percent? Maybe again, like I said earlier, you'd like it a tick or two higher. But that is an improvement from from where they have been. It's been mostly in the twenties in big games this year. They they won the rebounding battle. They they scored points in the paint. They didn't turn it over a ton. Fifteen, maybe a couple more than you would like to have. But I mean, other than the, the free throw numbers, like the the offensive numbers looked fairly good last night, aside from the free throw numbers. Yeah, the, and they're getting to the line, which they had not been doing either. Yeah, the numbers may look better, but the eye test still, I that, think that's true. I mean, you you watch the game, man. I fell asleep but during I, the game. Yeah, like, I, I, guess, I dozed off during the game. I, 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 I like woke myself up. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I think my tune would be. I think my tune would be different because if, if they're they're, if they knock down the free throws and they go 20 or 25, then I'm sitting here today saying, oh, I think they took a step today. They were getting to the free throw line, and they started making them. And that, that would be a huge step. It's, the, it's certainly better than it was against LSU, but the competition was better too. I think the most glaring thing is what Big Willie Style just said, and that is the 44% from the free throw line. You should never shoot 44% as a team from the free throw line in middle school. Like in middle school, you shouldn't shoot forty four percent from the free throw line. That is, and that is all concentration. That is all. That's no one in your face. That's like you at home. So there's no, there's no, there's no naked person in the stands like Duke years ago. You know, dancing with speed on, trying to distract you. There's none of that at home. 44 percent from the free throw line at home is inexcusable. Period. All right, who's on the phone? Dave Tona. Daytona. Good morning. Morning, sir. What's up, man? <clears throat> Just doing a little bit of work. Hey, I got a question. Uh, who did we lose on the coaching staff last year? You mean uh, Heupel's first staff or? No, basketball. Des oh, Desmond English. Oliver yeah. and Kim English. Yeah, both of those guys. Okay, and what were their primary roles on the staff, their positions? Uh, Kim English was a, a recruiter. I, I, I think – I'm not, not trying to neglect him from an X's and O's standpoint. He is certainly good in that realm as well. But uh, he, he's the reason Kennedy Chandler's here. He's the reason that they had chances at other five stars that chose to go elsewhere. He nearly got Paulo Bonchero – who might be the number one overall pick. Uh, Jabari Smith nearly came here because of him. Um, and then Desmond Oliver. Yeah, I, I, outside of that, I'm talking about like in practice, in practice responsibility, in game responsibility. So, so, so like for instance, like Mike, Michael Swartz, he, he, he's a defensive guy. Right. Yeah. I don't think Desmond Oliver had like one thing that he was kind of just 
superior at than than the rest. Like he worked with the post players, but I, I think he was a Swiss Army knife and and could kind of dabble everywhere. Okay, do you see a difference in this year's offense to last year's offense? No. Mm-mm. No. I see a difference okay. in this year's offense to Grant Williams. <laughs> Grant Williams last year. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just wondering if if the dismissal. Or with these guys not being here anymore, if that if that has anything to do with it, you know, I, I think more so than anything, you know, everybody's hitting the nail on the head. These guys are playing tight; they're afraid of making mistakes. You know, when when you're a pitcher, okay, and it's the bottom of the ninth inning, you got bases loaded, there's two outs, and it's three balls, two strikes. All you're thinking about is not throwing a ball. You're thinking about throwing a strike. And if you do throw a ball, a lot of that could be your psyche, okay? And I think these kids, you know, Rick's going to coach the way Rick coaches. But these guys got to understand, you don't grow from being perfect all the time. You grow from making a mistake. And if you go sit your butt on that bench, you just go learn from it. And these free throws, you know, I think that's – I think it's an, it's an excuse. You've got people hollering, screaming. And you're in college. You know how many free throws you've shot? You know how many games on the road you've played? It's concentration. Get up there. My thing is I used to always look at the back of the room. There's a little break in the back of the room. Stared at that, shot the ball. Uh, you know, I, I really didn't know if some of this had to do with the changeover in the coaches. But, you know, ultimately the coaches coaching the game, the players are playing it. I, I think a lot of it also has to do with the, the unfamiliar unfamiliarity with some of you know some of the players, and we're still early in the season. I think there's there's great progress that can be made. I think there there's progress that will be made. Jason Swain, yes sir. Off the subject, can you please holler at me sometime, maybe later today or tomorrow? Yeah, man. I try. I try to do that, man. All right. You got it. it. All right, Dayton. Thanks, man. See see you, Ben. See you, buddy. So, man, there's times when, like, the the stroke is pretty and the ball literally hits every part of the rim and rims out, and those things happen. Like, I've seen Steph Curry when he misses it. Like, that happens. But here in the first half, Carolina has eight, Tennessee has two, Viscoe's at the free throw line. And, like, this is not to, like, call out Viscovi for not being a good shooter or anything like that because he's the best shooter on our team. But, like, you can't have free throws like like this one where it hits the front of the rack. Like, you, you, you never want to leave shots short. Never. Never, because they, they don't have a chance of going in. You want those shots to be long and online. And when Viscovi looks at the film and sees, you know, the free throw being left short, like that is a cardinal sin for a shooter like Viscovi. That should never happen from the free throw line. Never. That's the I, that's I, the that's the issue. I'm no shooting coach. Clearly. But it seems like he's like never set and in rhythm seems like he's off balance falling to his left falling to his right falling back falling forward and and then when he does stop set his feet 
shooting rhythm like his last three that he made in the corner wide open he was set wasn't moving and it was as pretty as it gets and it was crisp and it was nothing but net yeah i, I, th- I think he's moving to again off balance I'm, I, I'm no shooting coach but he's always moving in some direction when he's yeah. shooting you even see it at the free throw line so i i don't know Santi just should, should see. I mean, he's leaning back when he's going. Yeah, when he's show, shooting. yeah. That's why I was sure his, his shoulders were leaning back a lot. And so, like, you know, you want to you want to stay in it, man. You want to you you want to stay strong in, in your uh, in your free throw um, routine. And see, the second one, he his shoulders not leaning back as much, and then he you know he drains it. So it's like it's, but that's mental though. That's what that's the point I'm trying to make. Like locked it's, in. It's mental. Like Taking care of the details, which is something yeah, that this team does not do. It's, it's the details. Like Olivier trying a, a one-handed alley-oop last night. Why are you trying a one-handed alley-oop? <laughs> Catch the ball with two hands. <laughs> I'm going to the text box, and Stuff man. like that. I'm going to the text box. Be right back. for what is coming up on the Swain event. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for Pickup, or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. There is no better restaurant in town to enjoy the madness of March with. Cheer on the Vols and the Lady Vols with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. 
If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. There are articles and news stories that you read about the things that people do. And when you're reading those, and you start to shake your head, you start to scratch your head a little bit. You get confused. You don't understand why. You start to ask questions, but really, there's only one question that matters. What is that question you may ask? For what? Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center Studio. All right, it's time for for what? And um, Ben, I'll let you go first, man. I got one to share as well. Uh, I don't really know who I'm giving the for what to, but I'm giving the situation of Nicobe Dean, the Georgia linebacker, the leader of the Georgia defense. Uh, I'm giving, I guess, him. For what I guess he gets it in in this instance, uh, he was wearing a national championship hat after the game, and it had an Alabama logo on it. So I'm giving him a for what, because how how do you not see that? Like, a, how do you not look at what you're wearing? I don't. 
Like I, I, I think I give, I think I give it to the person that. Well, I'm giving it to both. I, like he gets, like how do you a, how do you not see the Alabama a? I feel like that'd be pretty noticeable because I would want to see what the hat looks like. In that situation, man. Are you really looking at the hat? Or are you just putting that thing on because you? I think you, I would. You, you winning a championship? I'd, I'd so like excited. to think I would. I'd like to think I would. Uh, and then also, kind of what you were about to say is whoever gave him the hat. Like, how does that even happen? How does an Alabama hat get out there? Because it should be like the the there should be a group of Alabama hats and T-shirts just in case they win, and then Georgia hats and T-shirts just in case they win. How do they get intertwined? How they're not separated? How does one get into the pile of the other? That is the for what for me in this situation. But it it was embarrassing there for Nicobe Dean, but he played it all smooth um, and mentioned that he got you know he had the right hat on now in the press conference. But man, um, that is certainly a for what. That situation is a for what. But this person gets a for what that I want to highlight. And that's Geno Smith. Geno Smith was arrested Monday. Because Washington State Patrol officers pulled him over. He was going 90 miles per hour in a 60 miles per hour zone. Actually going 96. 96 in a 60. Officer says that he was driving driving uh, radically, changing lanes without signaling. And during the questioning, he reeked of booze. Cop said Smith told him he, he had consumed wine before getting behind the wheel and that he became upset with them during the field sobriety test. One of the officers wrote in the docs, I joke with him about how my wife thinks I work too much. Somehow, he said, that's because you have a little... PP, a little PP is the best way I can clean it up. <laughs> Sorry, I said, "Wow, maybe that is a problem." Then he says, "You have a little PP. You have little PP syndrome." Is what Gino said to the officer. Gino, you was driving ninety six in a fifty, ninety six in a sixty. You can't really be mad about getting pulled over. Unless, like, something else happened during, you know, during the conversation where, like, the officer was a butthead or something. But, dude, you drive 96. 96 in a 60. And you had some some wine before you got behind the wheel. Like, come on, man. That's, 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 that's way too fast. He did refuse to have his uh, blood taken. Um, and told the officers, I will blank every one of y'all up. That's what Gino said to the officers. Not smart, Gino. <laughs> Liquid courage for sure, man. Hour three coming up.